fallen angels and Christian mythology. Let's find out how angels became demons. Hello everyone, I'm Angela and welcome back to my channel, your online resource for the academic study of magic, witchcraft and all things esoteric. First off, a big thank you to all of you who sent a donation to my crowdfunding campaign, which is still open and I leave a link over here. Once I reach the target, I'll make a video giving a shout out to all of my donors and showing you my new laptop. Also, thank you so much for the supportive comments and the lovely messages. You guys truly made me feel like this project is valuable to you and worth working on. But now let's move on to the topic, shall we? Today, we will tackle how angels came to be seen as demons. The information conveyed in this video will be a summary of a paper by a retired professor at Yale University, Dale Martin. It's a pretty explanatory overview on the matter and you will find the article referenced in the info box. The popular understanding of demons within Christian mythology is that of angels who have at some point fallen from grace. Satan is believed to be a fallen angel himself as he rebelled against God and was cast out of heaven, leading others to follow him in this rebellion and become his followers. The underlying assumption here is that demons and angels belong to the same kind of beings, which interestingly is not really a belief shared by ancient Jews, including those who wrote and translated the Hebrew Bible. It was only with late ancient Christian writers around the second and third centuries of the common era that the myth of demons as fallen angels was created. Apart from fallen angels, demons are also seen as evil and malevolent supernatural beings. An idea that lumps together several beings from the Hebrew Bible, ancient Judaism and the ancient Near East, including evil angels, Lilith, impure spirits and so on. But let's travel throughout history to see how these associations took root. As covered in great details with Hebrew and Greek textual references in Martin's article, ancient Jews used the word daimonion to translate five or six different Hebrew words. In its original Near Eastern context, such words would refer to different kinds of beings, such as goat-man gods, spirits which embody or cause diseases, and abstract qualities which may also be seen as gods, such as fortune or fate. In Greek culture, daimon 
could refer to a god or a goddess, including the high gods, as in Homer and Hesiod. The related adjective daimonion was also used in a more impersonal sense, to mean divine power or spirits related to a person, a place or a thing. Destiny and fate were also referred to as daimonic. We also have the agatodaimon, which is the good spirit, companion of a person or one's home. Daimons were also thought to be intermediate beings between the gods, or at least the high gods, and mortals. Although Martin suggests this might have been a distinction more relevant to philosophers than to the average person. Daimons in ancient Greek culture could be benevolent or malevolent to human beings, just as the Olympic gods. The translators of the Hebrew Bible were aware of all these meanings and lumped a number of Near Eastern words and beings into a one-size-fits-all class of daimons, which slowly but steadily came to be seen in a more negative light than the Greeks had perceived. Interestingly, there is one being or role in the Hebrew Bible that was never translated as daimon, and that is malach, the Hebrew word for messenger, which then became translated as angel. This being was a mediator who served as an intermediary between the highest god and human beings. Based on this role, this being could have been easily translatable as a diamond, but the translators preferred the Greek term angelos instead. Malach in the Hebrew Bible can really mean any kind of messenger, but the word gradually became a technical term rather than a common noun. Thus, it stopped referring to an activity to become a specific class of heavenly beings, serving God and communicating his messages to human beings. Angels may also rule nations and execute judgment or punishments. The author speculates that there might have been two reasons as to why the Hebrew translators avoided translating Malach as Daimon. The first being that the Daimon was closely associated to sacrificial cults of the nations and so couldn't be seen as servants of their god. Second, Daimons were also seen as gods themselves, which clashed with the idea of them being in service of one god. Also, in the New Testament, we do see demons being equated to evil spirits, something that is not found in the Jewish Bible, the Book of Enoch, nor in other pre-Christian Jewish texts. And yet, we still don't find in the New Testament the idea of demons as fallen angels. It is only in Christian texts of the 2nd and 3rd centuries that such a development will occur. Post-canonical Christian authors, such as Justin Martyr, 
and Athenagoras, which dates back to the mid to the late 2nd century, tackle the story of the Watchers. They describe demons as the offspring of fallen angels and women, despite not being angels themselves. Both fallen angels and demons exist, and they can both be deemed as evil spirits. Satan is here portrayed as the leader of demons, which are identified with the gods of the nations. Justin and Athenagoras, therefore, equated demons to evil spirits, but they still didn't identify them as fallen angels. This identification of evil spirits and demons was not present in most of earlier Judaism, as I mentioned, although it still finds a sound basis in the New Testament. Post-canonical Christian authors, such as the aforementioned plus Tatian and Origen, were really the ones who prompt a gradual identification of evil spirits and demons with fallen angels. To sum it up, for most ancient Jews and Christians, before the 2nd and 3rd century of the Common Era, angels and demons were two distinct species. The contemporary Christian mythology, portraying demons as evil entities and fallen angels, is a result of further developments in the popular perception of these entities, which evolved from the writings of post-canonical Christian authors. Now that you know how angels came to be seen as demons, please help me in welcoming to the Inner Symposium my new patrons, D. Brian Bowles, James Wilson, Pete Osborne, Janice Jockey, J. Joseph Safi, Leandro Schell, Bomakin, Robert Slaughter. Thank you so much for becoming my patrons, and I hope you're having a lot of academic fun in our Discord community. And I look forward to doing our lectures on primary sources. I'd also like to thank Alisa McCall for her donation on PayPal. Thank you all very much, guys. You really helped me going with this project, so I'm really grateful. This is it for today's video. Do let me know in the comment section what do you think of it and which was your favorite part, and if there's anything specific that you'd like me to expand more on. The comment section here on YouTube is the best way to reach out to me because I always, always reply to each and every one of your comments. So, if you like this video, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, activate the notification bell so that you will always get a notification when I upload a new video, and as always, stay tuned for all the academic fun. Bye for now.